listening to Teen Monologues, a youth-led theater project that went digital. I'm Sophia, your host. In this episode, our monologues will focus on family. Family is a complex topic for many of us, a knot of powerful emotions, both positive and negative. Often, our experiences around family end up playing a key role in shaping our personalities. We have two students this week who wrote monologues involving the concept of family. Up first, we have Olivia, who wrote her monologue about dealing with anxiety while supporting the rest of her family. Don't you dislike it? That moment when you're sleeping, then all of a sudden, it feels like you're falling and you wake up instantly? Is that a vibe check for ourselves? Making sure we are alive and shit? Like, the heck, bro? When you wake up from it, you have your eyes wide open, looking around, nervous as heck, kind of gasping for air, but you don't realize it. Then, you know that you're fine. If only I could have realized that. That I was fine in such a short time. Anyway, you see, this reminds me of a time when I had an anxiety attack. There were so many people around me. They were doing nothing though, just chilling like a villain, but my whole body and mind went crazy. I was feeling that moment of gasping for air, heart beating as if you just finished the mile run, your chest is hurting as if something is weighing in on it. Now, we all cope with anxiety in different ways. For me, however, I wasn't trying to cope with it. I was in denial. Each of my family members have some sort of disability except me. I feel the need to make sure my family is doing fine. Let me share something with y'all that's personal. Many years ago, I was a secret holder. One of my parents was having an affair, which I knew of, and they told me not to say anything. The other parent was trying to find out what was up, and I? I was in the middle of that. I had to help them out emotionally, kind of being their therapist in a way since they had bad communication with each other. Later on, they needed my advice with most adult things. That includes being asked about the bills, being the one having to choose the groceries, or even making sure my family doesn't overspend on any luxuries before paying bills and whatnot. I feel pressured to be the one who is alright, just enough to help them with anything. I couldn't let myself accept the fact that my mental health was taking over. My anxiety and depression were stopping me from opportunities that were going on around me, Obviously, I needed help. Thankfully, I had very good friends who pushed me to actually ask for guidance. They were going through similar experiences as well. And we all decided that we were going to do something about it rather than just complain and suffer. Yes, there were ups and downs, but it was all worth it because look at me now. On a podcast, talking about this stuff rather than being in a corner, watching TikToks and crying. (laughs) So now, that feeling isn't much of a problem anymore. That feeling has dissipated almost. That feeling is now overcome. Okay, my name is Olivia. I use she, her pronouns. I'm in 12th grade and I find myself understanding. So for any listeners who might not be aware, do you want to take a shot at explaining what a vibe check is? (laughs) Well, I think there are many ways to interpret vibe check. But in very simple definition, it's what you're feeling, basically the vibes you give off. And someone has to check it in, a, in their own way, I suppose. 
In the monologue, you talk about being the keeper of secrets and the therapist to your family. What did you learn about healthy and unhealthy relationships in taking on this role? One of the main things I've learned was communication is key to a healthy relationship. My parents lacked communication, and I realized that understanding is an important key factor as well. I think putting yourself in another person's shoe will help your mindset and be more open. My parents were closed off, which was not good in a relationship. I've taken this close to heart, and I try to apply this with every relationship that I have. Do you feel anxiety has affected you in other ways besides having anxiety attacks? Well, anxiety has been a real struggle. It has made me not be able to participate in some activities I've wanted to do as well. I don't talk to my family about what I'm dealing with most of the time, so it's made me distance myself more than usual. Anxiety has also brought depression into my life as well, and due to that, I started missing school and staying home more often. Are there any techniques or things you've learned to help calm yourself down when you're feeling anxious? So what I do is I try to distance myself from the situation. Not too much though, so I don't bring attention to myself because sometimes I can make things worse. But once I do, I take deep breaths and focus on my breathing. Usually my body is tense, so once I'm focusing on my breathing, I try to fixate my mind into relieving the tension. What do you think are some of the roadblocks that get in the way of teens taking care of their mental health or asking help with it? I believe one of the roadblocks teens have is themselves. Not trying to get deeper or anything, but when I was going through this struggle, I just thought that I could deal with it by ignoring it or even accepting it but not doing anything about it and just keep going through life. What teens need to know is that they're important and once that's in their head, they'll be unstoppable. Of course, everybody's different though, and well, they'll, they'll go at their own pace, but just believing that their mental health is valid and doing something about it will make life a little easier to deal with. Thank you so much, Olivia. Yeah, you're welcome. Our second piece today comes from Ulami, who wrote a poem about being the eldest sibling in her family and keeping it together when things fell apart. I remember that day. I was having a blast with my friends until I was called in. Didn't know why, what was going on. Until I came in and he told me, I'm going on a trip, do you want to come with me? I knew I couldn't let him go alone, so I decided in silence to pack a pair of clothes and get my things ready. And as I stood there, my mom gazed into my eyes as if she wanted me to stay. And as I walked down the hall, I heard my mom say, Tienes más de una hija, ver si las otras también. You have more than one daughter, go ask the others as well. So he did, he told the rest. And they came up to me wondering if I was going to go, and asked me if they should go too. And that's always I felt it, it would be best if they stayed with mom. I felt as the oldest I should bear all the responsibilities and make sure everything would go well. By this I meant, I needed to make sure he didn't cause any trouble or make any rational decisions. I know it's kind of low on my shoulders, but I like to believe I can handle it. Before I left that night, my sister said it was like a divorce. I knew it wasn't, but it made sense from her perspective. I went to the car trying not to think anything happened, trying not to hear their constant echoing. 
echoing their yells and cries, their misunderstandings, miscommunication, and their constant deflating threats. And I'm in the center of all this agony. And who will tell me what's wrong with who and who's right? But who is right? I see no change for so long, and when there is, we go right back. Why do we go back? I've always had to mature from a young age. Maybe that's why I'm able to understand, comprehend where everyone's coming from. But who is there when it's too much? And I'm bawling my eyes out. It felt as if my whole body was trying so hard not to burst. But I guess I'm part of blame. I'm always hiding, trying, stopping anyone from coming in or knowing what I'm going through. I guess I'm just used to it. Why should I say anything if I don't have anything to say? I am Yulaimi. I am in 11th grade. I use she, her pronouns, and I am spontaneous. There's a strong theme of responsibility in your monologue, feeling responsible for your dad, your siblings, and so on. And it ends with you putting your mask back on, going back to not letting your feelings show, not telling your friends or family when you're hurting. Why does it end that way? It ends this way because, personally, whenever, I, whenever I'm asked this, I would just say it's part of my story. I wouldn't tell them everything else. I'd rather not, I'd rather not them knowing the whole story because I am naturally a conservative person and I truly want to be an open person, but I kind of find it difficult in a way because I'd rather not them knowing because I don't want to become like off as a nuisance or a bother to them. Because I was, I would rather help other people than let them worrying what I'm going through. What would you need to feel comfortable telling others that you're hurting to not feel like a bother when you want to open up? If I'm being honest, I never really thought about like thought about it till now. I feel like I wouldn't feel comfortable telling people I'm, that I'm hurting. I feel like the only time I feel I would open up and feel comfortable is when I just can't handle it anymore. Where I just, I just can't help myself or keep it anymore. So maybe during those times when I just can't handle it anymore, I'd be, I'd be willing to open up. Have you found people who are there for you when you're overwhelmed by responsibilities to your family? And if so, how do they help you? Yes, I have. Yes, I have found people who, who are there for me and will help me out. And the way that they would help me is. I'm just sitting there and give and trying to give me their advice, help me out. Just truly demonstrating that they're they're just listening to me and they won't interrupt interrupt when I'm speaking. I think that it's really powerful that you are able to keep all of this and I think that one of the most important things is being able to talk to talk to people but even that can be hard sometimes, and I understand that struggle. I personally find myself not telling others how I feel the majority of the time, and I let that bottle up, and although I'm working on it, I really feel that others will resonate with your story, too. What message would you give to other eldest siblings out there? The message I would like to give to other eldest siblings out there is that they aren't alone, because others feel the same way and they and we all understand what we're going through. It's not just us older siblings, it happens to almost every sibling out there. 
But I want them to know that they should open up. Just it's okay to tell your story. No one's going to take that away from you because that's yours. You should be proud to be who you are. But you should always remember that taking yourself is also a good thing. That your good deed will be repaid. That those same people are going to help you in return. And that's what I've been doing like, recently with my sisters. My sister recently have gone through many things. I listened to her during the night. And sometimes when I couldn't handle it anymore, she heard me out as well. Don't be afraid to talk about it and take in the advice people give, give to you. Thank you so much, Yelaimi. Um, anytime. I'm, I'm glad to hear what you, what you told me. It's good to hear that there's other people who feel the same way. Yeah, absolutely. And now we'll be moving on to some group questions. You two joined TM last year when it was a theater show and came back again this year and stuck with it even after it turned into a podcast. What inspired you to join it first and then come back for another year? Olivia, we'll start with you. For me, it was for a couple of reasons. One being the fact that others were willing to join at the time, which also pushed me to join as well. And I wanted something to distract me from what I was dealing with at the time, which was my depression. Um, what inspired me to come back was the first year's experience and that was because everyone was so open to one another and I always felt accepted and like I wasn't being left out of the group and whatnot which was very cool. You lay me? Um, well I joined Team Monologues because I was always passionate about theater and I really wanted to do something you know, about, about theater and I kind of want to do something like independently from away from my friend group because I knew that's that someday I have to do things on my own. So it's also a great opportunity for me to take the take on the challenge and have fun. How does it feel to be speaking about family, a topic that can be pretty private on a podcast? Olivia? Well, I'm very glad that I get to talk about this because obviously it is a private topic and I know some people personally who don't have anybody to talk to about their family situation. I'm hoping this podcast can motivate others to talk about what they're dealing with because it's not healthy to keep it in and I think it's very relieving to let others know as well. You lay me? I, Olivia said this is a private topic. At first, when I realized I was going to do this monologue, I kind of was concerned because I never, it was like, it was like a huge step for me to say this monologue and open up what has been going on in my family. But I felt this is, this was like like a good step in the right path. Cause this helped helped me like open up more since I was since I'm kind of conservative. This is a good thing helping me be more open about my life and my story. Is there anything you wish you could speak about more openly with your family? I wish I could talk to my family about how much responsibility I have instead of just playing the role without question. I want them to know how much is on my plate and to appreciate me for what I'm doing. Also, it's just taking the responsibility upon themselves is something I want them to know too. I think what I wish I could speak more openly with my family is how Lily mentioned the responsibility and like how I'm feeling. But it's kind of like a lot that that I go through, I have to take care of my siblings, make sure they're well fed, 
check up on others how they're doing like make sure that they're not alone when they're like really upset and like sometimes the situation is escalates like a lot faster when i'm not there and also like like having to get like good grades being like, a good influence not just to my siblings but to other people as well like always having to put up an image like a like a, a like a happy face like for them not for people not to know like like how I feel and what I'm actually going through. What are the expectations your family has for you? Do you feel like you could always meet them? My family expects me to be a parent and I expect myself as well, so I always try to meet that standard and ever since my parents split especially, I accepted that fact even more. It's been a good long while, so I'm used to it in a way, but it's still very hard as well because I now feel like a kid and parent at the same time which is very difficult but it's now a part of me. I feel like the expectation my family has for me is like always having to take care of my siblings like make sure that I have to get good grades I must no must clean must do everything like how Olivia mentioned like being a parent it feels overwhelming because I already have enough like stress on my shoulders, and with them adding more on top of it, I feel like I don't have time for myself to to have fun, relax, like be a teen. And it's always been like this because from a young age they wanted me to mature. Like I basically felt as if they were taking away my childhood away, and me coming to like a well-structured young woman. And sometimes I feel like I can't meet them, but that only makes me want to strive and work harder because I'm afraid that something bad's going to happen and I won't, and I'll feel, and make, which makes me feel helpless because I won't be able to make, get, make up for the standards and do more than they want me to do. Sometimes people talk about having two families, the one you're born into and the one you create as you live your life. Do either of you have an example of people you welcomed into your family? Not because you're related by blood, but because they love and support you? Definitely. My second family are my very close friends. When I was going through my parents' separation, these two people came into my life and supported me the entire way. And throughout that process, we've grown together. They played such a key factor in my life that I can't even fathom how much they mean to me. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for them. Plus, I've welcomed another person to my second family recently because I know that they love me and will support me no matter what, which I truly appreciate. I would consider them as a second family since since they've been always there for me. But mainly these people who are part of my second family are people who don't live in the same city as I do. They live in different cities. But they still keep in touch. Or sometimes if we don't, we still like, we still greet each other. And we tell each other how much we care about, about each other. And they've been part of my family since, since I was born. They always kept an eye on me. Made sure if I was doing well. They, because back then, when I was born, there was like so much drama, so much backstory. Which makes me, makes me feel, seem happy in a way since I there's always been people who were there to look out for me even though I wasn't capable of making my own decisions yet. 
What's been your favorite part of the project, both the theater production and the podcast? My favorite part of the theater production was being able to perform in front of others and seeing the audience's reaction afterwards. For the podcast, my favorite part is also the recording process, like right now. I love being able to give others a chance to listen in about our experiences and whatnot. Um, my favorite part of the theater production was again just like getting to start to know more people that know your stories. Like getting to perform how Olivia mentioned. And as well for the podcast. Just like like hearing like hearing their stories again. And like what we're going through and like right now I'm just hearing Olivia makes me feel as if like I'm not alone either that we are going through like similar situations and we will always be there to help one another which truly inspires me because she's putting the effort and the hard work to open up as well. What's the funniest thing that's happened during a rehearsal or performance? Um... During rehearsal, we would be messing around in the back, uh, making jokes, and it mostly consisted of Oscar, Caden, and B talking about random stuff that would legit make everyone laugh. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you lady. For me, I think the funniest thing that happened was, on a we'd be playing games during during like our our break time or like during snack. When we're eating snacks or just after we finish with rehearsal. Um, just with everyone being there, it was fun. Um, Katie was playing the piano. Yeah, I figured someone was going to talk about that. We all want our families to be a source of compassion and support, and that's what we deserve too. But no family is ever perfect, and there will be moments of struggle along with laughter and love. Whether they're blood families or chosen families, they are impactful in our lives in many ways. Thank you, Olivia and Yulaimi, for giving us a window into your own families. And that's it for today. Come back again next week when our focus will be on pressure. Thanks for listening, and remember, our stories are what unite us. The people who help produce and record our show include John Hollander, Sophia Longas, Emma Fay, and Danielle Mitchell. Our cover art was created by Sophie Smith. For more info on teen monologues and other projects, visit our website at teen.capslo.org or check out our Instagram at C-A-P-S-L-O, Teen Programs. This project was made possible by a grant from the Office of Population Affairs. The contents are solely the responsibility of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official views of HHS.